Welcome to Outside by Design, the podcast about the business side of creativity in the outdoor industry. I talk to some of our industry's finest leaders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives about crafting a life and a career based upon being outside. Hey, hey, all you outdoor industry professionals. Welcome back to Outside by Design. I'm Iris, and Lisa won't be here on this episode because she's busy crushing some project deadlines. Today, we have the amazing Ashley Rankin, founder of Shredley. Shredley is a women's adventure apparel brand, but you probably know them from their mountain bike shorts. And if you don't know them, then you don't go mountain biking with very many women because chances are when you're biking with women, you're going to see some fun, crazy, wild, colorful Shredley shorts. And today you're going to hear Ashley's story of how she founded Shredley. She talks about finding her purpose and her guiding compass, which is our word of the month for October. She also talks about self-identifying as her business and how that's kind of a conundrum as an entrepreneur, whether she identifies as Ashley or as Shredley. And she also talks about how being a little naive has actually been her advantage in starting this business. So let's get started and hear what Ashley has to say. Um, Ashley, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be your guest. Yeah, and the first question that we ask everybody is to say where they are and what they're looking at. Oh, I love that question. Okay. I am currently in Seattle, Washington, in my office, looking at my cute dog who's looking at me, wondering what I'm doing. Oh, what kind of dog do you have? I have never met your dog. Oh, you haven't. I Well, I just got her uh, last year, actually, right before Rome. Um, she's a rescue, but she's kind of a rare rescue because she's a fancy French breed. She's a little white fluffy dog, which is never the type of dog I imagined to own. I probably would have told you that that's not a real dog before I got her. Um, I grew up with like labs and big dogs and she just had kind of a crazy story and ended up not having a home after four years old and we ended up adopting her and now we love her so much. She, having a small dog is the best. It's like having the baby that you always wanted, but still having a dog Aww. and small fluffy dogs are real dogs for the record. Her name is Layla. Layla, does she travel around with you? She does. Actually, that's the other benefit about having a small dog. She can fly with me. So I go back to Colorado a lot, and um, she's gotten to go with me a couple times and meet my family there. Who knows? Maybe she'll become the Shredley dog. Oh, cute. Soon they'll have to be at some type of dog shorts. Totally. Or collars. <laughs> or um, my. Well, you know Stephanie. Stephanie Jones made some adorable little dog bandanas with leftover Shredley fabric. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're adorable. Yeah. Oh. So for our audience who is not familiar with you and with Shredley, um, do you want to give kind of like the big picture of who you are and what you do? Yeah. So Shredley is a women-specific apparel brand, and we started uh, primarily with women's mountain bike shorts. Um, the industry was kind of suffering from black and boring or shrink it and pink it. So we um, our, our core product is our colorful and fun um, printed mountain bike shorts, but we design everything to be multi-purpose. So overall, we are a women-specific um, apparel brand with a concentration in mountain bike apparel. Yes, and 
your your prints are so much fun and they're bright and they make you feel good and um I I love wearing mine. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to hear that. That's kind of the point. Um I feel like the impetus was wanting to enjoy the experience uh, of mountain biking. And so I totally agree. Like the point is for them to be fun and make you feel good and make you happy so that the fun of whatever you're doing starts from the moment you get dressed. Yes. And my, so one of my favorite things about Shredley is like the cult like community it's created when you're out on the trail and you see another woman wearing Shredley is how exciting, like you automatically have a friend. Yes, totally. And it's funny because I never could have expected that. I didn't expect it. And I don't think you can create that even if you want to. So that has been such a blessing for us that it has become, I mean, there's a community around it. And just like you said, if you are out on the trail and you see someone else wearing them, they're easy to identify as Shredley. And then you have a new friend. And we hear stories like that all the time. And Sometimes I'm like, is that even true? Did that really happen? But it does. And it seems to repeat itself over and over. Um, one of my favorite stories is there's this this famous trail in New Zealand. And um, we had a customer send us a picture of her and three other women all wearing Shredley. And the story is that they all met at the top of this trail in New Zealand. They're from different countries. They didn't know each other. They recognized Shredley, it sparked a conversation. And so they were like, oh, we have to, we have to snap a picture and send it to them. So it really um, unexpectedly has created this global community um, around the brand, which is so fun. Absolutely. And I'm so happy for you and all the growth that you've had with Shredley. And I am so excited that it is a global community. Thank you. Yeah, it's been super fun. So the word of the month on the podcast is purpose. So everybody is going to be talking to um, what that means to them this month. So when you hear the word purpose, what comes up for you? Well, I love this word. And recently, this has actually come up for me a lot in so many different ways, which I think is why I was so excited to see that this is the word. Um, Reason being, I think that there are so many times when purpose is kind of your guiding compass. Like when I started Shredley, I had I needed a purpose. My purpose was I wanted everyone to wear, I wanted everyone to have access to cute bike shorts. But then as that evolved, there became so many layers of purpose in that. And when you have a business, your business needs to have purpose. So your purpose can be personal. Your purpose can be, what is the purpose of your business? And then for us, since we offer physical products, all of our products have to have purpose. So I really love it because I think that it trickles down it trickles up, it trickles all around, like it, it just has so many layers to it. Um, that I, like I said, to go back to the beginning, that it kind of having purpose is your guiding compass. And I really try to ask myself whenever I'm designing a product, what is the purpose of this product? And how does that tie to the purpose of Shredley? And really try to stay true to who we are. And of course, as you grow and evolve who you are, um, as a brand can change and evolve, but I think you have to always remember what is our purpose and be making decisions based off of that. Wow, that's a phenomenal answer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, how did? How are you so self-assured in finding your purpose? I think that's remarkable and awesome. 
You know, it's, I'm glad it sounds that way, but I think it's something that it's okay to wonder sometimes, like, what is my purpose? Is that, and, and revisit that question. And I've had to do that a lot, um, especially with my business. I think it's also easy to feel like you lose your personal purpose in your business. And that's something that I've really had to have an awareness um, with, like, am I Shredley? Is Shredley me? Um, and as we've you know, are going through these changes and growth. Does that still ring true? Um, what does that really mean? And so I think that it's okay to understand that your purpose might change. I don't think that that means that it's not authentic and it's not true for you. I think that for me, it's just an awareness of being really honest about what that is. Um, so it's, it's constantly evolving and changing. And I think that there's still some roots there, which is why it's so important. But um, I, th- I, I try to revisit that question. And I have to be reminded sometimes by mentors of that question. Um, at the beginning of this call, what you guys won't hear is that Lisa asked me to, 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 say, to explain what Shredley is. And we had to re-record it because that's a really hard question sometimes for me to answer, which is so funny because this is my business and it's my passion and it's what I love and it's what I do all the time. But for some reason, sometimes I have a really hard time explaining what we are very succinctly. And I think it's because for me, it does have so much purpose and it's it's a little deeper, deeper answer than that, that sometimes it's hard for me uh, in layman's terms to just describe what Shredley is. So I think that that's like diverting a little bit from what we were talking about. Um, but does that make sense in a way? Oh, I'm so excited by this. I'm so excited <laughs> by where this conversation is going because um, as a business owner myself, I like this just lights me up because you've created something so much bigger than yourself and so much bigger than shorts. And, you know, you've created this, this community that makes women feel really good um, as a byproduct of you just wanting to solve a problem in the mountain bike industry. And now I'm sure you're left with, like, do you self-identify as your business? Or, like, where is that line when you're just Ashley? Yeah, it's so funny. And I didn't ever think I had a thing about it. But recently I was at a wedding and very excitedly, um, only because of being proud, I kept being introduced as Shredley and not as Ashley. And my boyfriend said something, you know, like, does that bother you? And it made me think about it when really I, I, it's true, you know, like that I've kind of always been introduced. The connection is clear, obviously, right? Um, because for those of you who don't know, Shredley is just small. We're a team of two right now. Um, but I started it when I had a full-time job and then I went to a part-time job and then I only went full-time with it after year three. Um, it started on Kickstarter, like Shredley very much is a product of Ashley. So it's not anything that I have a complex about, but it has made me wonder, is there a defining line there? And I think that, um, you know, I don't know fully what I think about that. I know that I've had different feelings about it at different points in time, and I could see how it would be easy to lose your identity in your business. But I think since I love what I do so much that that for me is not like I'd be losing any part of me. And I'm proud that that is um, so closely tied to me. Uh, So it's it's not a bad thing, but it is an interesting thing to just be aware of and understand um, how that could affect someone. 
It's such an interesting question because there are times when, yes, I think that I could start to get a complex about that. But then when I step back and look at the big picture, I think that would be overthinking it a little bit too much because it's only good things. I'm proud of Shredley. I love what Shredley is. I love our core values. And so um, I think I would only start to have a complex about it if I overthought it. Right. Right. I, uh, I go through a very similar thing where sometimes people introduce me as like, oh, this is Lisa Wheelie, which is not my last name, you know? <laughs> yes. I'm like, yeah, I, I do run a company called Wheelie, but right now it's nine o'clock on a Friday night and I just want to be Lisa. Um, yes. Or whatever, right? Yes. I mean, you can never, you can never just break away from that, which is, um, and, you know, I probably, this maybe indicates a little bit more of how I feel about it. In Colorado, where Shredley is based, where I'm from, and where I had lived up until two years ago, um, whenever, like I'm from a small town, so when I'd go to the post office, because I used to hand deliver all of our orders at lunch, um, so I got to know all of the, the postal people really well, and I, I was known, you know, as Ashley, she started Shredley, and so it was very much synonymous. Um, but then when I moved to Seattle, which is where I live now, nobody knows me here. And it's actually kind of nice um, to be incognito. And while I miss the small town charm of everybody knowing me and, you know, you can you can talk to someone when you need help at the post office instead of getting stuck uh, on the 800 number or something like that. Funny things like that I miss. But it really is nice to kind of be invisible if I would like to here. Uh, so I guess it is nice to take a break sometimes from that. Uh, but it's still, I don't think, a negative connotation for me. But that is funny. And also, I think it makes you maybe anyone else who's out there thinking about starting a brand. If you're going to be called by your brand name, make sure you like the name. I maybe would have picked a different name if I knew I'd be called Shredley. <laughs> and people ask me if I named it after myself, like, Ashley ends in L-Y, Shredley ends in L-Y, and the answer is no, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) See, I've never gone there. I've never thought that, but I I can see where people could go there. The the reason why that is L-Y is like to make the word Shredley girly. That is the the reason, (laughs) which is still kind of funny. It is. It is. (laughs) I love that. Um, I really do love that. And so... Yeah, even the name ties back to your purpose of, you know, making a better short for mountain biking. Lisa, dating can be really hard. It can be really hard to know what you want in life. When you're trying to find the right person, you have to like go up to someone in bars or you have to download an app and you gotta swipe in different directions. It's really complicated. You know, sometimes it's about timing and fit, like who's available at the time. Yeah. Sometimes it's about going with what you know because your friend said they like someone or going with someone that your friend tries to set you up with. Yeah, we've all been on dates like that where it's like, this just isn't a good fit. When can it be over? Yes, luckily there's an app for them, for dating. But you know what there's not an app for? What? Finding the right creative agency. There's so many creative agencies out there. How are you gonna find the right fit? Let's just save people some time and tell them about a really great creative agency we know called Wheelie. Oh yeah, we do know that creative agency. There's a fun-o-meter at Wheelie, and so you have to like fun, be outdoorsy, have products that make a difference in the world, 
and basically not be boring. Yeah, so if you thrive outside, you should swipe right on a great creative agency called Wheelie and visit wheeliecreative.com. If you're boring, swipe left. I love what Ashley has to say about self-identifying as your business. This is a conflict that a lot of entrepreneurs have. Once they found something, it becomes so much a part of you that sometimes people forget that you're actually a person and not your business. And it seems like Ashley has a healthy relationship with this problem. She loves what she does so much that she's not losing her identity in her business. And we're going to hear a little bit more on this topic from some guests later on in the month. And it's, it's interesting to see how different entrepreneurs view being identified as their business versus as their own self. Some entrepreneurs hate being identified as their business, and some have the opinion that Ashley has that Shredley is her because she created it. So let's get back to Ashley. So like how often when you're sitting, cause your, your background is in design, right? Yes. Well, I, I should be fair about that. I have a degree in apparel design and production and then also a degree in marketing. I never went into the design world. I didn't have any like real world experience when it came to that. It was purely just like my passion and then my education. Cool. That's awesome. So when you're sitting down to design a new product and it and you're just killing it lately it's I'm so excited every time I see a new Aww. product come out um thank you but when you sit down to do that are you basically still coming from that mindset of like hey this is something I would be really proud to wear this is something that's answering a answering a question or a problem out in the industry is that still your gui- yes. your guiding force Yeah, it is. And kind of just by default. I mean, we're still so small that we have to be very strategic um, and very intentional. We can't just make products to make more products. But also that's one of our core values. Like I am, as a consumer, very aware of being a conscious consumer. And um, right now, I think that we are faced with some very important problems that need to be solved. And we admire Patagonia so much for the leaps and bounds that an effort that they're making in even just creating a more circular supply chain. Um, and so from the, the big question to the small question, I try to look at the big picture and I try to think responsibly, do we need to be making these products? Do they serve a purpose? Is there a market for them? And since we're so small and intentional, almost everything that we make is being pulled from us. And I really like that. I like it when products are being pulled from us from the market, from the customers. And since we're so small, we have these direct conversations with our customers where I go to a lot of events. And so I get to see our products on a lot of different body shapes and sizes and um, a lot of times incognito. So when I do that and I'm fitting people, we have a, a traveling little trailer that is redesigned as a boutique. So when I'm fitting people, they don't know that I'm the designer, but I'm constantly looking and seeing you know, is there a common denominator in in the way that these are fitting people that we that could maybe come out in a in a different style short, which is where we got our curvy from. Um, And then based on just customer requests, people will email us and tell us what they like, what they don't like. We love that. We like it when you're nice about it. That makes it a lot more fun. But we love that because it's important that we're making things that people need and that that they want. Um, you know, we're not big enough, nor would I ever want to just be creating these massive lines 
that are just existing to exist. And so taking all of that into consideration, that's kind of a long-winded answer. But yes, I'm very intentional about when I'm designing these products, what they're for. And that is also what excites me because um, it's like solving a big problem. Okay, so where do we see gaps in the marketplace? What are women asking us for? What do we see as an opportunity? And how does that all come together, um, you know, strategically in, in the new products that we can offer? And we can't do them all at the same time, so we have to rank them in order of priority. Um, and so I love that I'm still so connected to a lot of aspects of the business because that helps me make all of these decisions. Yes. And I, I always say that creativity comes from conflict because if there wasn't conflict, there would be nothing to solve and there'd be no need for creativity. So even if it's a good conflict or, you know, not the toughest conflict, I still think that's where creativity is born. I love that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that that's so true. And I think that when you are creative, that it allows you to deal with it so much easier. Um, because I think it would be easy. And, and this is something that I've really had to, to deal with, um, or, or not deal with, but find a better way to, um, approach it is when someone tells you that they don't like what you're doing to hear the reasons why without that being personal or offensive, and then to identify where the opportunity is there. And I think that when you look at it creatively, that all of that is so much easier to digest and then turn around to work for you instead of against you. Ooh, yes. And to see opportunity instead of um, defeat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it then just is like easier for you to process emotionally too, because it's not emotional and it just is, it is what it is. We've even had to learn how to like remove tone from email because email is so hard to begin to, to communicate with anyways that when you're on the customer service side of things, um, if you can hear email without the tone that you think was it was maybe written with, especially when there's all caps involved, it's a really <laughs> funny social experiment. And anyone who uh, has never worked in customer service, you just have no idea what that's like, but it, it um, well, like I said, it's a very interesting uh, human experience to begin with. Um, and then second, it's learning how to take that and use it and turn it around is, I feel like, an, an enormous skill set if you can if you can do so. Absolutely. And like a lot of people don't realize that when you put ca caps lock on, it feels like you're yelling. Yelling. A lot of, I'm yelling. A lot of people send emails in caps lock and and it, it does make me laugh when it I'm just like, whoa. Um it, it does make me laugh. One time, not from an angry point, but my production manager's uh computer got stuck on caps. So we had this like email exchange for a week where everything she was sending me was in all caps and she she knew it. So she had to be like, I'm sorry, my caps lock is broken, but it was just like kind of intense there for a yeah. week too. Yeah. Like, Whoa. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lisa. Hey, Iris. Do you sleep in a bed? Mo is that a trick question? <laughs> Most nights I do. Do you have sheets on that bed? Um, yes. Are you in love with your sheets? No. Well, that's sad because you should really be in love with your sheets. There are some amazing sheet technology out there now. 
Speaking of technology, I know of an amazing creative agency called Wheelie. It's for brands who thrive outside and it's the one-stop shop for anything your business needs from digital strategy to creative production to social media management photography talent sourcing speaking events all kinds of good things that are creative you can find this creative agency online at wheeliecreative.com check them out holy sheet ashley has such a great attitude about taking criticism and conflict and i love that she sees criticism as an opportunity to be creative instead of just hearing it and maybe trying to learn from it. Not only does she try to learn from it, she tries to find a creative solution. So she uses it as her fuel to be creative in her business and in her life. And that's a great outlook that I think we can all take the next time we have some trolls or haters or mean emails in all caps. So where, like, where have you kind of honed in on this skill set? Was it hard to break into the bike industry when you were first getting Shredley going? That is a great question. Um, so my naivety has kind of always been one of my biggest competitive advantages. And I do get asked this question a lot. And I think um, surrounding a lot of the conversations that are going on right now about the inequality, inequality in the workplace and in our market, in the sport, in racing. Um, so those are all very important conversations to be had. So I do get asked that question. And even though mountain biking in general has a reputation for not treating men and women equally when it comes to product offerings um, or race rewards, et cetera, et cetera. And, and it's a bigger and deeper seated issue than just those things. Um, but I have amazingly never felt at a disadvantage for being a woman in what I'm doing. And I think that I have a couple things that isolate me or separate me from the other issues. Um, I am a woman designing women's products. So I think we can all agree that that's an advantage right there. And I have never had a man question my ability to do that. Now, if we were talking hard goods, that might be a different scenario. So I think that just based on the product specifically that I'm making, um, that that is going for me. And then secondly, I just didn't know what I didn't know. So I didn't know how the rest of the industry worked. I, I didn't have any experience in the industry. Um, I didn't know how it worked. I didn't know how all of these other businesses operated when it come, came to business models or just, you know, kind of like the inner workings of the industry. So that was great for me because I could just kind of formulate things how I needed to to make Shredley work. But also, I just wasn't aware to all of these predispositions that could have really intimidated me. So I do like to share that with people that while I think these are incredibly important conversations that need to be had, I do not think they should be the main conversation for anybody. And I do not think that they should be anybody's main concern if they're wanting to start a business because they think that there is a lot of power in naivety. Because for me, I have made some of this a non-issue. Um like I said, there are some advantages for me um, that I think have mitigated a lot of that. But also, I really do think that my naivety just has helped me proceed without all of that background noise. Does that make sense? It does. And I, I bet you rolled into shops early on and showed 
showed buyers what you had and they probably thought like, wow, she's going against our classic model, you know, like they were probably very mm-hmm. impressed, but you had no idea that you were um, breaking a boundary or like breaking, yeah. not breaking a boundary, breaking a mold maybe or breaking through a stereotype. Yeah. And I think that what also helped is that offering a new product that didn't exist, that in itself was kind of breaking the mold, but then it would trickle down like what we were talking about before and kind of break that mold in other ways um, that would have never been easy to identify. And um, I did have one experience. I I did. I I traveled around with my little white plastic hangers um, just walking. I would make appointments with bike shops that would see me. And I had one experience that was not great. So I hate to even bring that up because all of the other ones were so wonderful. But I had one experience where I walked in and it was a male buyer and he said, whoa, those are so loud. And I was like, well, yeah, that's the point. And I kind of wanted to be like, why did you even take this meeting with me if you weren't interested? Did you look at anything I sent you? Because the shorts are very loud. That's the point. So I could see that if that was constantly the exchange that I was um, experiencing that I might be answering this question differently, but that is literally in my 10 years, the, the only experience like that, that I can relate to, to, um, that type of behavior and interaction. And I don't even know if that was because I'm a woman and he's a man. I I don't think that that, I think that was just a personality thing, but I think that there is a lot of that that's in the bike industry. And that's why there is this reputation. Um, that's why it's gained the reputation that it has. Hmm. Hmm. But I mean, I think you really were at the forefront of changing, changing the mountain bike industry in a really positive way for women. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And I guess it was just so hungry for a product like this that when it was so well received, it caught the attention of the bigger brands more quickly than I think if one of the bigger brands had tried to do it. Um, and I think for so many reasons, like I think that just the story of a woman starting a business in the bike industry and making mountain bike clothes um, that women actually wanted to wear that made them excited. You know, I think we garnered support based on the product, but then based on the story and based on women wanting to support women. And then since then, this market has exploded. I mean, I feel like women are um, starting to mountain bike left and right of all different age groups, which is so cool to see. So now not only do we have the bigger brands trying to find something that will appease that Shredley customer, but there's like some copycat brands starting. And so it, it is cool to see because that's just the natural, you know, evolution of, of I guess, a product. Um, but it is cool to see that it did spur change. Yeah, it did. Makes you feel like you can really make a difference. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> Is, um, is there anything else that you would like to tell our audience that I haven't asked you about? Well, I think that what I get asked the most is people want to know, like, where do I start? I have this idea and I just don't know where to start. And I like to tell people that that's okay because I don't think that you need to know where to start because if everybody knew where to start, this would be easy and it's not easy. Um, so I think what I did, which helped me, is instead of looking at the big picture of where I knew I needed to land um, to even get product to market, I just took it one step at a time. And I know that that's cliche, but I really told myself, if I accomplish at least one thing a day towards 
Shredley. And I don't even know what that looks like right now, but I will at least feel like I'm accomplishing something and I will slowly work my way there. And it took me a year um, from when I first incorporated to when we actually launched. And that wasn't on the fast track, um, but it, it, it's less daunting that way. So if you have an idea, don't be overwhelmed by the end product. Um, just take it one step at a time. Mm, that's great advice. What, what was the first store that you were like that you got a yes, like, yes, we want to carry these shorts. Oh, so dear to my heart. So my first store, so have you been, so for everybody out there, I'm sure if you're a mountain biker, you've been to Moab, it's the Mecca. Um, and the coolest store in Moab um, with women, with the best selection of women's product has iconically always been Chili Pepper Bike Shop. And uh, Wendy Palmer was their buyer forever. And she did such an incredible job. I mean, you'd walk in and there was this whole wall of women's stuff. And, and their sales were 50-50, which is kind of unheard of. 50% women's stuff, 50% men's stuff. And I can't speak to if that's the case now, but I remember that just being such an impressive stat because that is, like I said, unheard of. And so I had a friend, I didn't know Wendy at the time, but I had a friend who at that point, since I didn't know the industry, it was just like mountain bike friends. Like, hey, do you know anybody at this shop? Or do you know, you know, based on where you live, what's your favorite shop? So there was just so much networking like that. So I had a friend connect me to Wendy. And she was so nice and sweet. And I was so nervous walking in because literally like I had the ugly, I don't even know why I couldn't buy better hangers, but that's something that sticks out in my mind is I had the ugliest hangers, like these big, thick, white plastic hangers that I had all my samples hanging on. And I literally just walked in with them draped over my arm and looked for Wendy. And she was so nice and she was so sweet and she made, she was so easy to talk to. And I remember she asked me, so what kind of of riding do you like to do? And I didn't, I didn't know how to answer the question. Cause I like, I didn't come from racing. I didn't even know like the different distinctions in types of riding. So I was just like, ah, uh, I, I, um, uh, I don't know. I, I like riding on trails a lot. And I just had some funny answer and she was just so sweet and she didn't make me feel like I didn't know what I was talking about. And she loved what she saw. And she was like, I love this. I love what you're doing. We're for sure going to carry it. And she was like, my biggest supporter um, early on. And it gave me so much confidence that first year. And we're great friends now. I adore her. Um, I named a short after her, which I do. Uh, we name all of our shorts after people as like a thank you or an ode to them for this or that. And so um, the, the polka dot Wendy short will always be dear to my heart. And um, she's been hugely instrumental too in just development. Like so much of this over the years has been that I'm not going to claim to know everything. I mean, I'm, I love to mountain bike. Um, but I don't define myself by just being a mountain biker. Um, people ask me if I know a lot about my bike and bike parts and all that kind of stuff. No, like not at all. I know more than I used to. And I'm learning more because I should know more. Um, and I want to know more about my bike. But I'm very much on like, still, I want girls to have cute shorts side of things. So I have tried to um, utilize all the resources that I've had over the years and, 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 you know, relationships with people like Wendy is one of those of, you know, just sharing my ideas, but asking what she thinks the market needs and very much just making it kind of a collaborative effort. Um, and it makes it a lot easier to feel like not all of that is just up to me to come up with. Um, and I think that that helps 
kind of keep us as an approachable brand, um, just being very open to feedback from everybody and having friendly relationships in the industry too. Oh, that's awesome. I love that story. Well, thanks. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you and follow you online? Yes. So shredly.com and that's S H R E D L Y is the best place. And then, um, our handle is at shredly. So just at S H R E D L Y on all the social channels. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ashley. You're the best. Thanks, Lisa. (laughs) Thank you so much to Ashley for being on the show this week. You can find all of her links in our show notes, as well as a link to the transcript to this episode. We're so excited for the episodes that are coming out this month on purpose. We can't wait for you to hear some incredible stories that our guests have to share. If you have a moment, we would really, really appreciate it if you can leave a review on iTunes for the show. It makes a huge difference on getting the show to more listeners and more outdoor industry professionals, and it only takes 30 seconds to leave us a review and let us know what you think about the show. We'd really, really appreciate it. And with that, thanks for being here. See you next week.